the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom and welcome and let's begin our time with prayer today. Avinu Malkenu. Our Father, our King, we love you, we praise you and honor you. We worship you, Lord, for you are worthy of our praise. And so, Lord, we pray that this would be a great day, that we would represent you well, Lord, and that we truly would be a light to the world. So, Father, pour out your Spirit, anoint this radio broadcast, let people receive what they need in order to bless you, Lord. We thank you and praise you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen and amen. So last week we began our discussion of unity and its importance as it's part of God's will for us. And just as a reminder, you can hear my other messages, the past ones at heartofmessiah.org. Also remember that we'd love to speak at your church. So if you have uh, some place where your pastor is open to hearing about God's appointed times or Israel or sharing with the Jewish people or other uh, subjects like that, would you please email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or call Karen at 813-831-5673. So last week, And this week, we're making a case for the importance of unity. I believe unity is one of the fundamentals that we must learn from Scripture. And it's a fundamental of God's heart. Last week, we looked at John 17, and we saw God saying that as a result of our unity, that the world would know Yeshua was the Messiah. I believe it is not a stretch to say that when there is love and unity, there is a greater likelihood that people will become saved. And so just think of that. Your family, your your relatives, right? Your friends, your 
people in who have visited your congregation, people you meet on the street. At any rate, let's continue then with God's word. We're going to start today with Ephesians 4.11. He himself gave some to be emissaries, or you might your version might say apostles, some as prophets, some as proclaimers of the good news, some as shepherds and teachers, to equip the Kiddushim. Kiddushim means the holy ones, those who are set apart for the work of service, for building up the body of Messiah. So right here we see that we our gifts are meant to build up the body of Messiah, and, and that means that there should be unity, right? But as we continue, we see more of that in verse 13. This will continue until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of Ben Elohim, the Son of God, to mature adulthood, to the measure of the stature of Messiah's fullness. So let me see if I got this right. Everybody wants to be mature, correct? Mature, mature in the Lord. And, and to reach uh, a, the measure of stature of Messiah's fullness, we have to come together in unity of the faith. Wow. Does this touch your heart? Now, some of you are thinking of other people who need to hear this message. But I'm telling you, this message is for you. It's for me. It's for us. Don't go anywhere else with this message. Just deal with yourself, right? Verse 14, as a result, we are no longer to be like children, tossed around by the waves and blown all over by every wind of teaching, by the trickery of men with cunning and deceitful scheming, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all ways into Messiah, who is the head. So, once again, your gifts from God were given to you to build up the body and to foster unity of our faith. We were set apart for this very purpose, and this brings maturity. Now, we do have to speak the truth in love. But this love has to promote unity. So what promotes unity? Well, first of all, the truth promotes it. And what is the truth? Who God is, God's word, the scripture is truth, and salvation of God is truth. Everything else uh, we're going to, we'll, we'll talk about, right? But those things have to be secure, okay? Now, we will be immature in our faith unless we express unity as one of our main desires. It's a core value. So after we think unity, then we need to speak words that end up in unity. And finally, we may have to change our behavior so our actions are actions of unity. 2 Corinthians 5.18, now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Messiah and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Messiah, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has entrusted the message of reconciliation to us. How often do I hear people say, well, I can't be in unity uh, with them. Do you know what they did? 
Well, <laughs> so we just read that Messiah is not counting the trespasses against us so that we can be reconciled. Shouldn't we do the same? Okay, I'll give you some silence to think about it if you need it. <laughs> Verse 20, we are therefore ambassadors for Messiah as though God were making his appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Messiah, be reconciled to God. He made the one who knew no sin to become a sin offering on our behalf so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, these scriptures in our heart develops us into a move and a desire for unity. Reconciliation can lead to unity. It is our heart, and, and, and it, which is the heart of Messiah. We will always look for chances for reconciliation and unity if this is in our heart. And we read furthermore in Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, hey, are you God's chosen people? Okay, then listen. Holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourself in tender compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord pardoned you, so also you must pardon others, which is what I just said. But it continues in verse 14. And it says this, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfect harmony or perfect unity. Now, let's stop here for a second. This, in a sense, is one of the definitions of love. Love is putting on the bond of perfect unity. So when you say that you love somebody and that you just can't be with them or, you know, whatever, is that the perfect bond of unity? Challenge yourself with God's word. Just don't read it. Let it challenge you. Verse 15, let the shalom of Messiah rule in your hearts. To this shalom you were surely called in one body. Also be thankful. So my purpose so far in this teaching is to explain the importance to desire unity as one of your most important attributes. This is an area we're going to struggle in because our emotions take us to different places and distract us from unity. However, there are some attributes of God that should be among our greatest desires. And I want you to listen to this thought here for a second. You know how it, Scripture talks about faith and hope? Well, faith and hope develop love in you. So when you have faith and hope, you're going to have lots of love in you. Now, love and humility develop unity. Let me repeat that. Love and humility develop unity. 
Many of you are going to say, well, you don't know my situation. Well, I think Acts 15 is a really important chapter, which usually is not read concerning unity, but I'm going to read it that way because I want to show you that they dealt with real issues and had to come into unity. So let's read this together. It's going to be a fair amount here. Acts 15, verse 1, now some men coming down from Judah We're teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the customs of Moses, you cannot be saved. Well, when Paul and Barnabas had a a big argument and debate with them, the brothers appointed Paul and Barnabas and some others from among them to go to Jerusalem to the emissaries and elders about this issue. So here you can imagine what happened. It was this huge argument, and this was not a small area of theology. This had to do with salvation, right? And so what they did was they realized they couldn't, between them, solve the issue. So they appointed some to go to Jerusalem for a larger discussion with more of the leadership so that they could come up with something that they could tell other people. Now, you can imagine that they had humility and respect in order to be able to do this. And and so, verse 3, so they went away, and on their way, um, I'm sorry, so they were sent on their way by the Antioch community. They were passing through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles. And they were bringing great joy to all the brothers and sisters. When they arrived in Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the community and the emissaries and the elders. They reported all that God had done in helping them. So if you picture this scene here, Paul and Barnabas made their case as to what God was doing with the Gentiles. Amazing things were happening. You don't have to be Jewish to believe in Jesus. <laughs> Gentiles were getting saved. Okay, so um, verse 5, but some belonging to the party of the Pharisees had believe, ha, who had believed stood up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the Torah of Moses. Now, from the Pharisees, we see strong disagreement as to what was necessary. So how did the people react? Okay, did they shout them down? Did they, you know, what we see these days? No. In verse 6, the emissaries and the elders were gathered together to examine this issue. Imagine they decided to get together and examine the issue. After much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God chose from among you that By my mouth, the Gentiles should hear the message of the good news and believe. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them by giving them the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, just as he also did for us. He made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts through faith. Why then do you put God to the test by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. But instead, we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Yeshua in the same way as they are. 
So, again, there was so much debate, but Peter gives his opinion, then he states the theological idea that we're saved by grace, just as they are. So, in effect, he's saying they don't have to become Jews in order to believe in Yeshua. Verse 12, then the whole group became silent. Imagine that if you made an argument, uh, you know, a discussion point, and everybody became silent. And then they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were describing in detail all the signs and wonders God had done through uh, them among the Gentiles. So there was respect. There was humility. They listened. Verse 13, after they finished speaking, Jacob answered, brothers, listen to me. Simon has described how God first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles the people for his name. So Jacob spoke when Paul and Barnabas were finished speaking. This is a unique thought. You wait for somebody to be done, and then you speak. (laughs) And then in verse 15, the words of the prophets agree as it is written, After this, I'll return and rebuild the fallen tabernacle of David. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it so that the rest of humanity may seek the Lord, namely all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says Adonai, who makes these things known from of old. So Jacob uses Scripture to prove his point. He said, we should have expected this to happen, right? Verse 19. Therefore, I judge not to trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but to write to them to abstain from the uh, contamination of idols, from sexual immorality, and for what is strangled, and from blood. For Moses, uh, from ancient generations, has had in every city those who proclaim him, since he is read in all the synagogues every Shabbat. So Jacob continues that we should not put on a yoke of being Jewish upon the Gentiles. However, there are some biblical injunctions because they're also going to be serving God that we should require of them. Now, we find these, just so you understand, in Exodus 22, 31, 34, 15 through 17, Leviticus 3, 17, Leviticus 17, 8 through 13, and Leviticus 18, 6 through 26. So this isn't a rabbinic thought. This is scriptural. Number one, abstain from contamination of idols. Makes perfect sense. Two, sexual immorality. Okay. Three, from food that is strangled. And four, from food with blood. So that's all they asked of the people who came to salvation. And so in verse 22, it says, then it seemed good to the emissaries and elders with the whole community to choose men from among themselves to send to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judah, also called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren, and this letter along with them. So (laughs) They sent Paul and Barnabas back, but in case they weren't going to be believed because they were seen as bias, right? Uh, they sent two other leading men of the brethren and a letter so that we could get this situation straightened out once and for all. You see how this discussion led to a solution which leads to 
unity. This is an amazing example of unity. Would, would it be beautiful if our Congress was able to speak in these ways and respect each other and come into unity? Would it be beautiful if in your congregation, your church, your synagogue, that people would speak in this way with respect and humility and come up with solutions and pray about things and and discuss them with, uh, look, this is God's heart, and this is such a beautiful thing, so I'm not going to read the entire letter. Well, maybe I should, actually. It's, it's a repetition, but the emissaries and elders, your brothers, to the Gentile brothers of Antioch, Syria, Cilicia, greetings, since we have heard that some from among you uh, from among us have troubled you with words disturbing to your souls. Although we gave them no such authorization, it seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to select men to send to you and our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. So first, what they say in the letter is, we understand you're disturbed, it, These people had no authority to speak uh, what they said to you, so we're going to send you people who are going to write this. In verse 27, we therefore have sent you Judah and Silas, who themselves will report to you the same things by word of mouth. It seemed good to the Ruach HaKodesh and to us not to place on you any greater burdens than these essentials. Abstain from offering to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. By keeping away from these things, you will do well. Shalom. Now look, I understand that I've taken a lot of time to read Acts 15, but this is a tremendous example of respect and love and purpose and humility and all the things needed to end up with unity. No wonder they were seeing such growth in their community. Imagine if we had disagreements and handled them like this, where we weren't forcing our own agenda, but listening and and seeking the heart of God on matters. We would grow exponentially too. Unity is 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 an something required for growth. It's it's attractive. Unity is attractive. Wouldn't you agree? Well, I have a lot more on unity that uh, I want to talk to you about, but I guess that's going to pretty much have to wait for next week. Um, Look, there is power in unity. Don't you agree that unity is a topic close to the heart of God? I'd love for you to email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org, your thoughts, your stories, and examples of how we can encourage one another and be in unity with each other. If you have questions, if you have things that you'd like my opinion on, just email me, uh, especially concerning unity, which I believe is so important. Email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. By the way, we're always looking for partners who want to keep our program on the radio for gifts to help us stay on the air. You can either go to our website, heartofmessiah.org, 
or call Karen at 813-831-5673. Remember, you can hear my past messages on the website as well. We also would love to speak in churches, so if you can help us arrange that, we would appreciate it. Again, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Check out our website, shereshdavid.org. We love visitors. Come and bring your Jewish friends. Friday night, uh, 7.30, Saturday at 11 in Tampa. Go for the other congregations of Shoresh and watch uh, our archives from our Facebook uh, Live, okay? any rate, I pray that you'll grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah, so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.